Welcome back to the midweek edition of the Rem and Sam podcast. Joining us, joining us every every week during the NFL season, it's Ian Fataport. Ian, you know, Fataport coming coming back from a dinner. Feeling full? Yeah, yeah, yeah we went to Texas Roadhouse. Uh, probably oh, nice. not the best decision considering I'm trying to lose weight. So mm. we're feeling bloated, but it's all right. <laughs> you live and you learn. How national is Texas Roadhouse? Is that something like everybody knows about? Is that a Midwest thing? Iowa thing? I think it's all around, I would assume. I think so. I think it's pretty pretty chain like. I think so. But I mean, you 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 promised us new flags, and now we're for those watching on Spotify, they see in the background they're looking at just just the Iowa flag now. It's it's just the Iowa flag still. Uh, you're not gonna tell us what the flags are, you're gonna save it still. I'm still gonna save it. They'll they'll definitely be up by next week for sure. But today I got busy at last second, didn't have time to put them up. So well, we do have we do have a bit of a schedule to keep today. I know when when we first like had this idea, I was like, Oh, this will be great. We'll do like a nice 90 60 minutes 90 minutes it'll, it'll be fun last week we did three hours so yep. this week we're gonna try to do we're gonna try to stick to a schedule dan you're still you you know you're working on a paper yeah doing so, homework uh don't do this but anybody who listens <laughs> to this and it's in college don't skip class because the one day i decided to skip class uh my professor brought up the idea for a paper that's due tomorrow morning oh, and no. uh he's very old school and doesn't put a lot of information <laughs> online so I found out about this this morning, actually. So oh, no. right after right after this, I'm gonna cram in a nice paper before I go to bed. So what class is this? Uh, it's Introduction to Fiction Literature. You have like you have you might have one of the best like elective runs of anybody. Well, I figured that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do prereqs before I end up starting my major work, I want to do shit that I'll actually be interested in. And mm-hmm. it's not a bad class. The teacher he's really old school. He's he's European. He's like from R- Romania or something. Yeah. So accent? he's very he's very old school when it comes very very heavy accent mm. and very old school when it comes to teaching. So I had a government a teacher with a with a heavy, heavy British accent. <laughs> heavy British accent. Shout out to S- Steve, Steve, I think. I think his name was Steve. What was his last name? Uh okay, yes. I had him IT bleep uh, that out. One some yeah, bleep that out. But I had him one semester for uh a politics class and yeah. he sounds like he sounds is like it british cry. i don't think he's british it just sounds like he's gonna break down and cry every time he talks british is just like i feel like that's the closest that's like an easy way to describe it other but... than like mental breakdown but <laughs> kind of kind of like on on like some hidden rage right i mean no he bird. is teaching a government class so you always have to be angry if you're gonna teach about politics yeah i mean dan speaking of people speaking of rage speaking of anger I feel like the only place to start is with perhaps, I mean, is it, is it the biggest score of the week? Is it the biggest score of all time? Dan, Travis Kelsey scored Taylor Swift. She was at the game. Do you have thoughts? Break it down for us. I mean, as Travis a football Kelsey, guy, Taylor Swift. Uh, did you see when he scored a touchdown? Literally, they didn't even show his reaction to a touchdown. I can't wait. They just went straight up to the box that she was in and yeah. started showing that instead. So like the media coverage is crazy, but I mean it's it's good for football. Getting a mm. lot of getting a lot of Taylor Swift fans who might not be interested. You know how crazy they can get just all of a sudden. Oh, we we like football now. Yeah, is your so, is your lady a Taylor Swift? Is she she's like a heavy. Swift? She's a heavy Swifty. So not she as, not as crazy as some Swifties yeah. that I've seen, but she she's a heavy Swifty. 
just listens to a lot of the music. Was she interested in Chiefs Bears because she was there? Uh, I didn't know. I don't think she knew she was going to be yeah. there until they start showing her on TV. Do you think she'll watch a game? Do you think if she's at Chiefs Jets, she's like, I, yeah, maybe I'm she interested. Might, she, she might tune in now. Uh, she might be on like the level of be like, oh, I might pay attention a little bit. I mean, because you're right. Her screen time was about as much as any of the players in that game. It was, so. <laughs> it was heavy. It was heavy. And that's that's a uh, screen time for Mama Kelsey too. supporting actress role there. <laughs> I mean, Travis Kelsey, I'm sure is fitting his own game, but having Donna Kelsey up there in the box, I'm sure that helps. No, I'm, I'm sure that helps. 100%. I'm sure we know where uh, it seems like the you know, the charm runs deep in the Travis Kelsey family. But the actual mm-hmm. biggest score of the week, unfortunately, it was against uh Dan, it was against it was against your team. If you're a Broncos fan, you yeah, may yeah, want to skip yeah. forward. It was a 70. How many? Nobody knows how many points the Broncos scored, right? It was was it 20? 70 it to 20? 20? It was 20. 70 to 20. Tough to week. 20. Tough week for the people out in Colorado. Just in total, outscored 112 to 26 over the weekend. Between uh, I saw, uh, <laughs> I saw a meme about uh, Broncos Broncos Dolphins. It was like the state of Colorado hasn't seen a team of theirs get bad this beat since 24 hours ago. Were Were you so, guys Were you guys in the group chat? The one making the jokes about relegating the Broncos to the Pac-12. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was actually my idea. That was my idea. Oh, was it you? Fucking, center of the Pac-12. They can join Dion and then just fucking stay there because they're, they're not needed in the NFL after that. I don't even want to be a fan anymore. That's how bad that game was. Would they Would they even win the Pac-12? Caleb Williams or no, in USC? No, they wouldn't. That's the thing. They'd get beat by Oregon and USC and probably Colorado. Oh, Colorado. So they're going to get be beat surprised. by – So they're going to get beat by Oregon like 100 to nothing. I don't doubt it. It's college football. We're barely playing at a college football level in the NFL. If that tells you my level of anger. Well, do we? Do you just what? What? what where do you want to go from here, Dan? I mean, we can talk about the Broncos in a, or the Dolphins in a sec, but where? I where do you want to go from here, dude? If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm just saying sell the fucking team at this point. Yeah. Uh, they. I mean, they just had new owners, but our defense <laughs> did absolutely. The only good part of that game, and let me pull up the numbers just to make sure. But Russell Wilson didn't even have that bad of a game. Mm. Uh, he threw for 306 yards, 23 for 38, a touchdown and one pick. Uh, granted, the pick, I'm pretty sure, was off a tip pass. It, the game was so bad, I was drunk by halftime that I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh, he didn't have that bad of a game. So last year, with the problem being Russ, this year it's the defense. We had Vance Joseph, who was our previous head coach, came back. He's now the defensive coordinator for Sean Payton. And uh, mm. I already wasn't a fan of bringing back a coach that's failed us in the past to have yeah. us coach again. And then on top of that, let their backup running back go for 209 yards and four touchdowns. is just mm. insane. I know. I know Wilson was like the big question mark coming into the season, but through three games, like Wilson has actually been kind of decent. And at least, at least he's been better than last year. And I think that the bummer thing about these first three games as a Broncos fan is, you know, it was it was always been like this roster just needs like, you know, a good quarterback, an average quarterback. And then this team has like a ceiling. And Russell Wilson has actually kind of been that, you know, average quarterback this year. He's through three games, seventh in the league in passer rating fifth in touchdown percentage and pro football focus has him graded out as, you know, the 11th best quarterback in the league. So he's been okay. 
And I think, you know, that's been decent for Russell Wilson, but the rest of this roster now seems to be the thing that's, that's slacking. And I just, I mean, it's not a hot take after, you know, the team puts up 70 points on you, but I just, it seems like that ship has sailed, right? Where you are that team that needs that average quarterback play. And now you're actually kind of getting it, but Russell Wilson's just probably not going to be able to get back to that elite, you know, carry a team type level. So now you're just kind of like now, now this whole time when you've needed that average guy to like lift up the rest of your roster. Now the roster is actually the thing around him now that seems to like have all the weak spots. Right. Uh, And like the main thing I like to point out for is especially our defense. Uh, there's two big issues and one's coaching one's just player personnel. The, the player personnel is our secondary, uh, our secondary backups uh, after certain in our cornerback room, it just completely drops off. Uh, Damari Mathis has the quarterback too. should never, ever happen in the NFL ever again mm. after these first three games. And then the second one is our pass rush. I just don't feel like we're definitely not getting the quarterbacks. Uh, if we're giving QBs like Jimmy G six seconds in the pocket to make a decision, we're doing something wrong. And uh, that showed uh, definitely in the first game against the Raiders. Uh, we had guys, we made moves in the offseason. We went and got Randy Gregory. We have Frank Clark mm-hmm. now who uh, got injured after week two. But uh, with those caliber of guys coming off the edge, we should be able to get to QBs, especially against an O-line like the Raiders, who is historically known for not being able to pass block. Do you remember what the contract was you signed Gregory for? Um, Not off the top of my head. I have it in front of me if you want to guess. Because, I mean, the thing that's really was... Well, no, wait. Yeah, guess, guess. How old is he? He is... Oh, he's 31. He's 31? He's 31 this season. 30 when he signed the deal. 30 Um, last year. If I had to guess, probably a two- or three-year deal for... I don't even know that market that well. Just throw out a number. We'll go... You want it per year or in total? You're saying three years, how much? 25? Per yeah. year, 375? Total. total. Three for 75? You're close on the number range. He got for five for 70. Five for 70? Five for 70 for Randy Gregory. And you yeah, guys I, kind I was of... I saying three for 25. Yeah. I mean, 70, yeah. You guys kind of like reworked your whole offensive like or defensive line and kind of made him the centerpiece of it. And the defensive line personnel has been, you know, the secondary personnel is obviously bad, but the defensive okay. line personnel, like, and you guys br- bring in Zach Allen as well, too, who was, Zach I think, Allen. one of the better run stoppers last year. And, and we brought Ra- in uh, DJ Jones as well. He's been yeah. solid first three games. And Randy Gregory has one pressure through three games. Yeah. Paying him $70 million. And you guys it's bad. lead the league in missed tackles right now. Zach Allen. I mean, the the run game, obviously, you guys just gave up 300 yards against Mike McDaniel, who, I mean, let's not forget, like, this guy was the offensive coordinator in San Francisco before, but he was also the run game coordinator, Mm -hmm. and he was the run game coordinator pretty much under Shanahan that whole time. So he was in charge of the running game when they played the Packers in that conference championship with Raheem Mostert. And got the 200 yards in that game. And he's now head coach of the Dolphins with Mostert. And it was it was A-Chain, though, this time that had the 200-yard game for the Dolphins. But, I mean, like, do you, like, what do you do with Wilson at this point? Is he, is he a salvageable trade guy? Do I you mean, just keep him around as a veteran? At, 
at this point, like, like three games into the season, back-to-back games with 300 passing yards, he's got six total passing touchdowns on the year so far. I wouldn't even go as far to say that he's the problem anymore. Yeah. Like if we had this kind of QB play last year, we would not have been nearly as bad as what we ended up to be. Because last year he was the big issue. This year now it's, I'd say, more coaching. It's more defense. Mm. Uh, so I think he definitely has shown progress from last year to this year. But if our defense isn't going to make any stops, if we're going to be bottom of the league and tackling the entire year, then there's no there's no point to try to keep him salvageable. We have to we'd have to try to make him a trade part uh, a trade like we'd have to try to package him in a trade yeah. somehow. But with that size of a contract that big mm-hmm. and that many years on it, I just don't see that happening. Well, as of right now, according to Tankathon, you guys have the number two overall pick in the draft. So number one is Caleb Williams, but Drake may Drake may. Uh, I think this coming week we have bears Broncos. I think that's the Caleb Williams deciding mm. game right there. At this point, whoever loses that game is going 0 and 17 and they're getting the number one pick. That's how I see it. Oh, 0 and 17 for the Broncos. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if we lose to the bears, you guys play the Raiders a couple else. times. Yeah. We lost to them in the first game by one. Oh, that is true. You already you already we got already your one Raiders it. loss. We played the Chiefs twice in three weeks coming up. The Chargers, the Chargers will lose a game to you. I mean, oh, historically, okay. we we've been pretty good at splitting with them just because of it's a divisional divisional game. But we haven't beat the Chiefs in like seven years. Uh, <laughs> we haven't beat the Raiders in like eight games. It's tough. Wait, so you weren't tough. in high school last time you beat the Chiefs? I was at the game last time we beat the Chiefs. Oh, you were in attendance. It was 2015 in Arrowhead. We beat them, I think it was 32 to 29, something around that. Peyton Manning was in the house. He was our quarterback at the time. We have were you not in like eighth the grade? Chiefs. Uh, I, th- I was in middle school. I think it was seventh grade. Seventh grade, that sounds about right. Will the Chiefs, uh, will the Broncos beat the Chiefs before Ian graduates college? <laughs> That'll I, be the I question. I don't think so. I don't think so. If I was a betting man, the Chiefs <laughs> are beating us every single year until we get like a number one overall drafted quarterback. Ooh, well, hey, you know, you guys are you guys are inching closer there this year. this year. How we many degrees can Ian pick. get before the before the Broncos get I wins over the Chiefs? I could have a PhD <laughs> before the Broncos would ever even win the division again. Do you just keep going? Uh, yeah, just just pile up as many degrees as possible until the Broncos finally turn out to do something. Well, on the, on the Dolphins side, like we said, McDaniel's scheming up the run game, and after after putting up seventy points this week, like I Sam had to cool me down a little bit last week because I was kind of already convinced that this team might have been the best team in the AFC. Now they have this historic offensive performance. So are they are they the best team in the league right now? Uh, I'm going to bootleg off of the Pat McAfee show just because I watch it pretty much every day. Mm, but he Pat brought McAfee, up a good call point. in. He brought up a good point. Uh, it was like, if if we had a Super Bowl uh, tomorrow, the the Miami Dolphins are the AFC team. And I 100% agree. I think they have uh, – I think they right now have the most explosive offense in the league. Uh, when you've got your backup running back being able to run through a defense like that, granted mm. it was the Broncos, so don't give them too much credit. But very good running back depth. You've got – uh, two of the fastest guys at wide receiver for you. If they can kind of tune in the defense a little bit, try to make their games uh, not as close as they have been, especially in week one against the Chargers. Uh, I definitely have them as my AFC team for, through the first three weeks of the season. The offense is definitely, I mean, it seems like it's the best offensive offense in the league right now, but the 70 points, like the Chiefs were kind of doing the same thing before 
they pulled out Mahomes, they're kind of doing the same thing against the Bears. The Chiefs outscored the Bears by 41 with Mahomes when the Dolphins pulled Tua. They had outscored the Broncos by 43. The thing with the, you know, the Dolphins offense, like everybody's going to talk about how great it is right now because, I mean, they did just put up the second most points in NFL history. But the defense, I thought, had a chance to be like kind of like a real like take the leap defense. And they have been dealing with some injuries. Jalen Ramsey's not back. Jalen Phillips has been in and out of the lineup. And their defense has still been pretty good. But I think the Chiefs might have like a legit top five defense in the league this year. It it seems, I, I especially with, with Chris Jones back, and to just have like an elite guy like that now plugged in. And McDuffie seems like, like I was saying, I was saying all offseason, I thought Jalen Phillips really takes the leap. And that's kind of what helps, you know, put that Dolphins defense over the edge. But McDuffie, as you know, the corner over there in Kansas City has really seemed like he's stepped up this year. He's having a tremendous head start. And again, their offense was, it's not as explosive. I mean, they don't, they don't, Tyreek Hill is now on the Dolphins, not on the Chiefs. But the way it's methodical, they have Mahomes. And the defense has been so good to start the season that, I, I, I still think those two teams right now have to be like 1A, 1B. Uh, I'd agree, and it's just because we know what the Chiefs are capable of. And like you said, that cornerback room with Ajarius Sneed. Sneed, uh, too. They've got uh, Trent McDuffie and then even Jalen Watson as a backup in that room. Uh, that defense is very good, and they, they have proved it even with Chris Jones on the field. Uh, and then like a guy like Mahomes, like you don't even really need like that top-tier wide receiver in that room just because – it seems like every game Mahomes can get it out to 11 or 12 different guys. Everybody's going to touch the ball. Mm -hmm. All three tight ends on that roster are going to have a reception. And uh, with a QB like that, who can just go off and throw five touchdowns in the first half, if he feels like it with against any team, there's no questions asked there. They're going to, they're definitely starting to become the next dynasty in the NFL uh, with the last one being the Patriots kind of moving on to the chiefs. I think the chiefs hundred percent every year will have to be in contention for a Super Bowl. Is Justin Watson a tight end or a receiver? Justin because Watson, he's listed as a tight end, but they is kind he? Of, they kind of play him out wide sometimes. I've seen that. In a it seems of like games. their best deep shot right now. Like if they just need, like if they just are going for like thirty yards, their best deep shot this year has been Justin Watson just like running across the middle of the field. I'm, I'm and Mahomes sure like hits him like right before he goes out of bounds. I'm pretty sure he's listed as a as a tight end. He might be. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised because you were, you were saying all their tight ends are getting work, and I think Watson's in that group. You, Kelsey. Yeah, you've got Watson. Been, you've got Kelsey. You've got Noah Gray, who's seen a lot as well. Has he been fantasy relevant this year? Noah Seems Gray? Like he's, yeah. I think he was an option week one without Kelsey. Yeah, so it looks like on, their, on ESPN, they have Justin Watson listed as a wide receiver now, but I'm yeah. pretty sure in the past he's been listed as a tight end. I'm sure he's – yeah, I'm sure he's – He's moved around. He, he's 6'2", 215. Like, he has the frame to do it. He's got that. Is he... What's Noah Fant? Is Noah Fant, like, that same same size? Fant a little bigger? A little bit bigger. He is a... He, he... And, you know, you see it, too. He is a little slimmer. Like, yeah. you can see that, but... Noah Fant is 6'4", 250. Oh, yeah. Way slimmer. So, he's... he's yeah. He So, he just got demoted to wide receiver. <laughs> he didn't... Uh, but, I don't think they changed with the Chiefs, it. I don't really is that much of a demotion though if they're using 12 guys every single game if if every receiver that's healthy on their roster is going to get a catch if every tight end's going to touch the yeah. ball. 
No, definitely not on the Chiefs. Maybe just on the ESPN website. But right. I did. Do you like? Do you ever see Rice stock at all? After these first couple of games, I do. I kind of thought that uh, the younger guy coming out of that camp that was going to show up would be Justin Ross a little bit more, mm. just because we heard a lot of chatter in the off season that like he was kind of Mahomes' go to. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Rashi Rice, who didn't he have a touchdown against the Lions? Uh, he did. He had, he had two catches this week where he was down at the one. Yeah. Those were both same play close to get in. Yeah, same exact play on each side of the field. But yeah, I feel like uh, my stock's definitely going up a little bit, especially because. Ever since Tyreek, there really hasn't been like a bona fide wide receiver one in that room. So to start somebody who's that young to kind of progress his career a little bit, I could see it going up. Yeah, I have a waiver in right now to cut Kadarius Tony for Rasheed Rice because I think Kadarius Tony might just be like a gadget guy. Rasheed Rice, it seems like they, you know, he's actually like Mm -hmm. a real receiver that runs routes and they use him around the red zone. He looks good. But Tyreek Hill now on the Dolphins and Tua has looked fantastic these first couple of games. And, you know, maybe maybe he's the best, you know, I think passer rating right now, he's maybe the best quarterback in the league. But he's also the MVP favorite. So I know, you know, we're not quite to the quarter mark yet. But if this Dolphins team is just, you know, the trendy team to start the season, and if it's like the, you know, if the season ended now, where do the awards go? I mean, again, Tua's been great, but... How is Tyreek Hill not the, you know, MVP guy from this team? I know the quarterback thing seems to, you know, it seems that that just, you know, that position seems to win out all the times in the awards, obviously. But on this team specifically, just to Hill's speed, explosiveness, and what that does for the offense, how is he not the main awards candidate guy from this team? I think it just kind of comes into play with like the MVP politics. Uh, Deck, the only one that we're really are going to be used to seeing is Cooper Cup. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. a non-QB to win MVP. But when you have a season like that, it's kind of deserved at that point. Uh, And he did win MVP that year. I'm not wrong, right? Did Mahomes win MVP? I think he won Offensive Player of the Year. Cooper Cup. Rodgers? Was that a Rodgers MVP season? Cup won Offensive Player of the Year. I don't think he won Offensive Player of the Year? Okay. Yeah. That would have been Aaron Rodgers MVP, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me back up what I said. And then, yeah, Jetta was Offensive Player of the Year last year. Yeah. When it comes to MVP, I think it's just more of a QB-ridden type of award. Uh, Who knows? Maybe if Tyreek can kind of top that Cooper Cup season, maybe there's a chance that he'd win it. But uh, when you've got a quarterback who's thrown for over 1,000 yards in the first three games of the season, he has eight total passing touchdowns uh, and only two picks with with the amount of times that he's thrown the ball already this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, you got to put him up there. And I mean, I don't think he'll definitely, I definitely don't think he'll win MVP if I was a betting man. Uh, But through this many games in the season, it's, I would agree that he's the clear favorite. Would you, is that what you would do? If you had a vote, would you go Tua? After the first three games, I think I'd vote Tua. Over Tyreek? Over Tyreek. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And Tyreek's think, elite, don't get me wrong. I think currently right now he's he's the best wide receiver in the league, no doubt. I think Justin Jefferson's a very close second. But uh when you've got a guy as fast as Tyreek who uh he doesn't he doesn't only use his speed, like he knows how to read these zones, he gets into open space, he's a very good route runner in general when it comes to making cuts as well. Uh he's definitely, I would say, a favorite for offensive player of the year, but that just kind of mm-hmm. comes along with the fact that you're gonna see more QBs winning MVP. 
Have you seen the stuff going around where Tua's stats through the first three games this year are like the exact same as the first three games yeah. last year? Okay, I saw a TikTok of that the other day, and I I didn't really pay much attention to it, but and I didn't go uh, I didn't go into like double check and see if that's that's accurate. But watching it, that feels right. Like the Dolphins don't necessarily. I mean, to me, like the Dolphins don't necessarily feel like they're. Uh, they are definitely like a little bit of a step up. But the main difference is Tua is just healthy this year. And he was, you know, missed probably he missed a big chunk of the season and then was concussed for like the back half of it. So they're off with like what their peak offensive what offense was early last year. Again, this is kind of the same thing. So I don't know if Tua has necessarily like taken a step up as a quarterback. And I love Tua. Like I, you know, I think he's playing fantastic. But I just think, you know, through three games, if a receiver ever, you know, if an offensive skill player ever had a case to actually like win the MVP over a quarterback, I think Tyree Kill is about as it's about as close as you come. I mean, you know, you have you have Cooper Cup, like the Rams are the one seed at the end, you know, at the end of the playoff race and stuff. I mean, but that's that's where the Dolphins are at right now. And I just think his impact on that team is like more replaceable because i don't i don't know like with mahomes with mahomes on the Chiefs, it's like okay there's actually not another quarterback you could put in here that could do the mahomes things but with tua you know again he's good but i mean he's better than matt ryan right he's better than like a matt ryan mvp i would say uh i kind of compare him i kind of like make him as like more of a gunslinger which more of in the fact that he likes to throw the ball deep but isn't necessarily like the hardest throwing quarterback so mm-hmm. when it comes to guys like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, they do the same thing week in and week out. So I see where you're coming from when it comes to uh, replaceableness. Uh, but it looks like last year, his first three games, he threw for 270, 469, and 186. And I'm not mental mathing. I don't think that adds up to 1,000. I think it's just short. Yeah, with the 400 in there? It sounds like it looks like it'd be, if I'm just mental mathing, somewhere between 900 and 1,000. Was there a two and a 300? Uh, it was 270, 469, and 186. And it was first oh, 186. Years. Yeah, so it was hmm. – yeah, that's that's under 1,000. So I guess those the numbers that I've been seeing on TikTok and stuff have been wrong. But, Wait, TikTok's wrong? I mean, apparently they're not, they're not supposed to be uh, in this generation. We take everything from TikTok. Wait, so if I – what about all the other stuff I've seen on there? I guess you'll just have to look it up after you see it. Can't no really way. take everything. <laughs> I'm shook. I'm shook. We might have to we might have to take a break. This is unbelievable. TikTok yeah, is wrong. I, but uh, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, who do you think uses Tyreek better? Mike McDaniel or Andy Reid? I think Mike McDaniel uses his strengths better than the Chiefs did. Uh, mm. I think we see Tyreek getting more into open space uh, and really using his legs. Kind of seems like almost every time he touches the ball, it's because it's a 50-yard throw downfield rather than mm. the Chiefs kind of used him as like a gadget guy who then would also chuck in some deep balls there every once in a while. It did seem like toward the end, Andy Reid was using him around the line of scrimmage a lot. Mm-hmm. But the the other big surprise, I mean, I guess not a surprise the Dolphins won, a surprise that they ended up putting up 70 points. But the other big surprise of the weekend, the Cardinals take down the Cowboys Dan, did you did you just need this type of game from the Cowboys to just like bring you know to just bring all the Cowboys fans back down to life 
and to just, you know, level everybody back out because this was the season where people were actually buying in as the Cowboys are a real team. So now they've dropped another early one in the season. So what's different? Uh, I'll start off with as a fan of one of the other 31 teams in the league who has to take their job into hating the Cowboys and all of their fans. <laughs> yeah. This may be very happy to watch. Uh, it was so, a fun uh, game. It, it was a fun game. Uh, you see Josh Dobbs who, uh, who made a pretty big impact and he's kind of playing a role at QB that nobody really expected him to play. Like he, to me at the beginning of the season, he was just kind of a fill in guy until Kyler came back. But uh, I don't want to say there's a question if he should stay the QB when Kyler's healthy. Cause mm. I, I still think, I still think Kyler's the guy, but uh, he's definitely making a name for himself. He's definitely putting it out there that he's not just that backup that has to fill in for the injured QB. Like he can play this. He can play this game. This is like the best Josh Dobbs has ever played. Like even going back to Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I think he was like his junior year. He was like 59% completion percentage. So I think he's over. Well, I don't know if he's over 70 right now in the NFL, but he is definitely, he's definitely close this season, but on the Cowboys side, you know, this was their, this was their first game without Diggs, And we, we haven't talked actually since Diggs went down and Diggs tore his ACL. So you know, is this is this like a panic game for the Cowboys? No digs. The defense looks weak, or is this just, you know, are 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 is this just like a bad week? I think it's you can kind of take it as a panic game because when you've got a guy as important as Trayvon Diggs and your secondary going down, and then you let who some people consider uh, the worst team in the NFL uh, outscore you by twelve points and beat you, uh, I if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd probably panic a little bit for sure. Uh, but at the same time, it only looks like their defense had two total sacks this game. Micah had one and uh, Demarcus mm -hmm. Lawrence had one. Uh, not a lot of pressures on the QB, not a lot of passes deflected. So it just kind of seemed like uh, Josh Dobbs was being – he didn't throw the ball very much. He only threw 21 times, but he was very efficient. He completed yeah. 17 of those passes, just under 200 yards. Uh, so I, I'd be worrying if I was a Cowboys fan uh, with, how, with how efficient this defense can be this year with no Trayvon Diggs. And I've always, I've always been at least like leaned more being kind of pro Prescott in like, you know, just, I, I always feel like if you put a, I still felt like if you put a good team around him, he would, Dan, what's going on? Something's falling down. Yeah. My cats on my dresser pushing shit off. Where's your cat Hang at? Hang on. Dan's got to go grab his, I think the cat's name is Cleo. There's been a couple of cats that have run through Ian and, and, uh, I think the one he has right now is Cleo, but it yeah, looks like no. we're not going to get an appearance. Wait, nope. is that Cleo running around? Yeah, she pushed a cup off my desk. It's okay. Mm. Well, yeah, maybe we'll get an appearance. Maybe, maybe, maybe she'll maybe. run back over here and I'll try and grab her. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll pop in. But I've always felt like if you put a good team around Dak Prescott, like he would, he could still potentially pull together a couple of playoff games, and you know, have a deep run. But just to like start this season, it seems like they're being really conservative with how they use him. And I know the offense has still been able to move down the field and they've benefited from the defense, you know, giving him good starting field position a lot of the time. But the interception he threw in this game in the red zone was like the first pass in the game that he actually threw into like the middle of the field. So if you just look at, passes that he's thrown between the hash marks this year 
So week one, he was three for three, but all three of those were within five yards. They were all just short checkdowns in front of the line. Week two, he was 0 for 1, didn't throw. And then week three, he was 0 for 1 with the interception. And just on the season, again, he's 33rd right now of 34 active QBs in average intended air yards, just how far they're throwing down the field. 30, 32 is Bryce Young, 34 is Anthony Richardson, who are both rookie QBs right now. So I, I don't know. I'm starting... And, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm starting to, like, lose faith in Dak, but it doesn't seem like the Cowboys are, like, being super confident, confident with how they use him. And then the one time, you know, he's going to go into the middle of the field, he doesn't see the linebacker, he drops back, gets the pick in a big spot when they actually had the chance to tie the game. So, I, I you know, it was, it was sloppy a lot of ways, but from Dak, it was still, it seems like there's this real limitation with the offense. Uh, I'll say it. As a non-Cowboy fan, I've always hated Dak. I've never mm. thought he was really good. I tried Dak. Uh, and this kind of, like, that interception in the red zone, like, that was for game. Straight up, that was for game. This just adds to uh, his historic runs at being terrible under pressure when it comes to late parts of the game. And a couple of weeks ago, back when they traded for Trey Lance, you, I, and Sam were talking about how that could be pressure on Dak. And at first, I was like, well, maybe I don't really think this is going to impact Dak because the Cowboys don't seem to want to make a key oh. change. I, I, I'm kind of shifting gears here. I think maybe yeah. bringing in someone like Trey Lance who has game experience. It's very, very small amount of game experience, but it could be put, it could put pressure on Dak this season to try to perform well. And like, like you said, this is the first time he really opened up the passing game, like his first attempt to open up the passing game this year. They threw a pick into the heart of the defense. <laughs> yeah, like four game in the last couple of minutes. Four game, it just does not does not add to his resume. Uh, and like we saw last year in the playoffs, when uh, twelve seconds left, he ran down the middle of the field against the Niners yeah. and just slid. Like when you put pressure on Dak, he is known for not making good decisions, and he just constantly adds to that. That became the moment where it was like, you know, even even if you thought it was still like okay, Dak can still be like a smart quarterback. He's good pre snap. He's good, you know, at least getting the ball and distributing it around. But if you're a smart quarterback, you can't slide in the middle of the field you with 12 seconds left. So you can't that'd be slide kind of... in the middle of the field with 12 seconds. You can't throw the ball in a double coverage with two minutes no. left down by 12. Can't happen. That kind of became the moment where it's like, it's indefensible. There's really no, there's really no way around it. And even this pick, like the linebacker, you know, he stunts toward like the other receiver. And then there's the receiver breaking into the end zone. But even if the linebacker had like dropped away, like even if he wasn't there, he was still throwing into double coverage. Like the mm -hmm. safety was on his way over. So it's still like on just two levels. Wasn't a good throw. It's, it's tough. Just a bad, like it's top to bottom. It's a bad throw. It's, it's a bad tough, throw. tough for Dak Prescott when Josh Dobbs being more efficient on, on the other side. Tony Pollard, on the other hand, was a guy that I obviously, you know, hyped up a lot coming into the season. I had him top three on my fantasy board and I, he's still been really good this season, but just through three games, do you still think I'm crazy for putting him as like a potential top three RB? Do you still think he's that kind of a guy now that he has all of the, you know, all of the usage? I still think you're crazy. Mm. Uh, and that's just kind of me being a Cowboys hater. Like he's been productive, but he is nowhere near the amount of like touchdown productive. Like he was, last season especially towards the end he had a lot 
uh, only two touchdowns in the first three games. Uh, every time they got a couple times when I was watching this game, when they were close within scoring range, they had uh, Dowdle out there giving mm. him the ball, whether for his rushing or passing. And he ended up actually. And he looked scoring. good. Yeah, he looked good. And he ended up scoring one of their touchdowns, which kind of makes me wonder if they're going to. If they're going to let their power guy and Zeke go and kind of really open it up to Pollard in this rushing game and make him like the feature back, why why aren't they giving him the ball more when they're like in the red zone close on the goal line? Guess who's guess who's averaging more yards per rush right now, Zeke or Pollard? Zeke. Yep. He's yeah, like it's, four, four. It's it's I mean it, they're right close to each other. Close. It's like Zeke's like four point four, Pollard's and, like four point three, but granted that. Zeke's uh his carry percentage is probably nowhere close to Pollard's. Yeah. Because they've got Stevenson in front of him. But they I've seen him a couple of times. They like to throw him in there in short yardage situations. And like he's known for just like pushing through and getting extra yardage. And I still I'm still not giving up on Pollard. I still think Pollard has all the upside, but he is leading the league in touches right now. So he is getting like all of the usage. And it I didn't I don't does he seem to me, it was like, okay, this guy could be like Austin Eckler, where Eckler in a limited role behind Melvin Gordon, you know, those first couple of years in Los Angeles, he's basically top three in running back yards per touch those first three years. And then even when Melvin Gordon leaves, he's still like five and a half yards for his career per touch since Melvin Gordon has left. Pollard was that same guy who was, you know, as a rookie, finished seventh in yards per touch was third in 2021 and then, or second in 2021, and then third in yards per touch yards per touch amongst running backs last year. And again, just this season, 4.2 yards per touch. The thing that's kind of been carrying his production is just the usage. It, I thought he was going to be like a like a Austin Eckler type, but is he just more like, kind of like peak Travis Etienne? I mean, even at that point, like that's not like, I wouldn't be upset if that's what no, I was I'm not. my running back at all. No, uh, I'm not, I'm not giving like, up on Pollard at all. Maybe fantasy-wise, if you if expecting him to be a top three guy and he's giving you the production of ETN, who's probably been somewhere between the 8 and 12 range this past couple seasons, mm. then maybe I would worry a little bit. But uh, when it comes to Dallas, if they're, they, they gave him the ball 23 times in this game where, granted, they only scored 16 points. But like you said, he leads the league in touches uh and with the Eckler comparison last year it definitely kind of seemed like that was going to be the case yeah uh, they threw him the ball a lot in open space uh this year they're kind of they kind of like made him almost into a Zeke role like they're giving him 20 plus carries a game uh they're starting to like open up the passing game to their receivers and like other uh other running backs like Dowdle had also had three catches this game Dowdle is kind of becoming the new Pollard Right. Like he had three catches, 20, 25 yards and a touchdown. Pollard had three catches for negative one yard mm. in this game. So not a lot of, not as much passing upside as I kind of thought there was going to be for Pollard this year, but we're only three games into the season and there's yeah. 15 weeks left. And the, you know, and they were playing the Cardinals, the Dallas, I think had three of their offensive linemen out with injury. I'm sure that just shows you from a mindset, like, you know, place that where they were going into in that game, sort of like, were they were they treating this game like the LA Clippers kind of? They were like, "Hey, we can rest our guys here and we'll be okay." It's just the Arizona Cardinals. It uh, it doesn't work out. Again, I'm not giving up on Pollard. I just thought he was gonna be top three, and it just seems like he's so far he's been pretty good. But you can't complain, I guess, if no. you have Pollard. It's more of a fantasy thing than right. a real life thing. 
in leading uh, the leading touches the first three weeks, she still has all like the potential in the world to finish top ten for sure. Yeah, kind of like how I had him. Not to not to bust my balls or anything, but I don't I don't I still don't think he's gonna be top eight. I think I think top ten for sure, hundred percent. He could possibly sneak into like the fifth spot of the top five if he really has a very good back end of the season like he did last year. So we'll see. But the 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 Cardinals. This is now Gannon's first win as a head coach. And this, but this, you know, this is not the first time necessarily that this team has looked impressive. They hung with Washington in week one. We're beating the Giants by 20 in week two. So is Gannon, is Gannon a good coach? He did get a lot of, I don't know if you saw the promo video of him. I think everybody Uh, saw it. Yeah, it was terrible. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It just looked bad. Which one? Uh, the one talking about how he wants to like light a fire under their ass. The fire in your gut. I'm referring to. You got a fire in your gut. Fire in your gut. Yeah. There's also the one I forget which player he's talking to, but he's like, pew pew, explosive. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen that? I think I saw that one. Oh. Maybe it's Rondale. Surprise me though. Maybe it's Rondale Moore. He's like, "What's up, bro?" And he he literally just goes, "What's up?" Pew pew pew. Explosives, fast Uh, run plays. Last off season, I don't know if you saw the clip of him embracing Kyler before the season started, like when he first got hired to Arizona. Mm, no, I don't kind of had so. some. That kind of had some hype around it. Like, it seemed like it, it might have been uh, a duo to be fearful of, but he had already torn his ACL at that point. He was recovering from that. So, like, we knew he was going to miss a certain amount of games this year. But even then, it kind of created some hype. I didn't think they were going to be – I thought they were going to be bad. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, after the first two weeks, like people had them bottom three already. I didn't expect that, but I, I still agree with it. They're definitely down there in the slums. But I just like, even like those first two games where they end up losing, like we all thought this team was going to be bad. So I don't even, I don't even blame them for losing. Like I kind of think it's what they should be doing anyways. So the fact that they've looked impressive, the fact that they came out and beat Dallas. And if you look at, the Cardinals compared to the other five, you know, or the other four teams with new head coaches. So Sean Payton on Broncos, Steichen, D'Amico Ryans, and Frank Wright on the Panthers. The Cardinals offense right now amongst those teams has the highest yards per play, highest scoring percentage, fewest turnovers. And they're second in the league right now in rush yards per attempt. And their defense between those five teams has allowed the fewest points and has had the most takeaways. So I, I, you know, again, we all were thinking that going, going into the season, Gannon was going to be the guy that everybody was sketched out about. And he might be, he might be the actual win. There's yeah. It might turn out to, to prove that uh, first, first year with his new team, he might be better than those top five. So it was Broncos, Texans, Colts, Panthers and Panthers. I mean, yeah. I would say the only thing I'd make note of out of those five teams, I think that offense probably has more of the superstars minus quarterback. Cause Kyler's not back yet, but they're receiving core. They've got Marquise Brown. I've got faith in him. Zach Ertz when he's healthy is, has been proven to be a very good tight end in the league. Uh, and then their defense, when they get booted back, they're going to be even better than what they look like right now. So I'm excited. Connor running back is there. a, you know, yep, reliable Connor. guy. I, I still call him the most boring running back in fantasy, but that's strictly because every single game he's going to give you 20 carries for 80 plus yards. So. He still has, he still has the Jonathan Stewart player belt because yeah. Madison was a strong, Madison was a strong contender. He was talking a lot of trash 
And you know, there was there is some there is some good looking stuff, but I think uh well, Connor knocked him out in like the first round. I don't think Alexander Madison liked when people would talk shit to him, apparently, because now he can't keep on the football. <laughs> but that's a different conversation. So hey, we uh we're not anti Alexander Madden on everything online, you know. <laughs> right, right. We some people him. need some people need to take a chill pill game. and uh not slide into the DMs, but uh yeah, that's a little too far. Yeah, Gannon though looking impressive one and two through three games. The another, you know, a team that might necessarily that might be looking for a new head coach chargers Vikings. This was, this was, it's hard for me to believe that Staley has his job at the end of the season. And I I think I said that last week as well, Mm. but if they don't make the playoffs, it'd be very difficult for me to imagine him keeping his job. Okay. One of the interns forgot to plug in my computer. We, can't damn interns dude yeah you try to you know try to help a guy out but you know what pay for help maybe look for qualifications find some people that are that are worth it i don't know qualifications brandon staley's kind of running out of them both of these teams were desperate going into the game both of these teams oh and two neither of these teams obviously wanting to start oh and three and and somehow it feels like both of these teams end up losing the charges at the end of this game like Staley, do you just do you have to give him credit for at least like sticking to the bit? I mean, he's Norm McDonald out here just going on all these fourth downs. When this game kind of came to it, like I kind of thought about it. Uh, it's not going to be who wins this game, it's going to be who loses this game. Mm. Uh, because you've got two defenses who have been struggling beginning of the season. Uh, you've got guys at QB who are known they like both offenses, they throw the ball very well, they throw the ball a lot. With throwing the ball a lot also comes a lot of unexpected turnovers. So to me, it just kind of came up to whose offense is going to make the first mistake when it comes to that crunch time. And in this case, it was Vikings. What do we make now of Herbert being like, you know, time and time again now, the offense that has been like, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying Herbert's not a talented guy. I wouldn't want Herbert to run my offense, but. Herbert now is just the offense that has time and time again been on the wrong side of these types of things. I, I feel bad for Herbert at this point because like most of those situations, when it comes down to it, it's coaching, uh, play calling, time management uh, with the Chargers. Those have last couple of years for sure have been known for not being their, uh, their strong suits. And when you've got a guy like Justin Herbert who can be as efficient as 40 for 47, 405 yards and three touchdowns, no picks in this game. Uh, but he was sacked once. It looks like on nine pressures or nine QB hits, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that dash is. Uh, it's just I feel bad for him because, like, you know that he's he has the skill to be able to throw the ball that many times and constantly throw downfield. But uh, when you're when you're have these coaches who don't know how to manage games, don't know how to manage third and fourth down, it's just very difficult to watch. Yeah, fortunately they squeak by and uh, get the win, but. Cousins, cousins on the other side. Well, I guess a couple more things for the Chargers, but um, just not having Eckler, and you know they got the win here. But I had Pollard in my top three because I was like, I don't, you know, Eckler has just had like this insane receiving touchdown combo these last two years. It's like, is this guy really gonna do it three years in a row? But in week one, he he looked fantastic, and. Josh Kelly has, holy cow, Josh Kelly has kind of sucked. 
I thought I, I thought I got a steal on the waiver wire. I thought I was getting Austin Eckler light, plug him into my lineup. There's no way this guy's not a good RB two, And he, he just, he hasn't been able to produce. So I don't know if that's the Chargers offense or I just go, Hey, Eckler might still be like a top three guy in the league. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, he had 11 carries for 12 yards and he somehow had a four yard carry thrown in there. Oh, so when you're averaging one yard a carry, like I think sucks is an understatement. That's like, that's fucking bad. It hasn't been good. I think I've gotten five points combined for my running back squad. The last couple of weeks injuries are, they're painful already through the first three weeks of the season, especially when it comes to fantasy, when you've got to replace your first round pick after the first week, there's, there's not a lot of options that come with that. Do you think, I mean, I, I, well, I, you've already, you've already made your, uh, Staley opinions clear, but, uh, the Viking, the Vikings now at zero and three. It's seeming like it's a long shot for them to get in the playoffs at this point. I know the NFC is, you know, still probably considered the weaker conference. But what do what do the Vikings do with Cousins now at this point? Because you know he is on an expiring contract. So I know you know Dan, you're not necessarily an NBA guy, but. A classic NBA rebuild move would just be, hey, we've got this kind of, you know, semi, we've got this guy that we could at least, you know, get a couple of pieces for. We're probably not going to re-sign him. Do we just, do we trade him away? Like, like, what do you, what do you think the Vikings should do with Cousins? The perfect opportunity has come into play in the NFL. Mm. You've got the Vikings Mm. who have started 0-3, who look like they don't have any bright future ahead of themselves this year. And then you have a team in good old New Jersey, the New York football Jets, who have oh. their quarterback one go down in the first four plays of the year. Uh, you have Zach Wilson, who the fans and the coaches and literally everybody, except for somehow his teammates, are gunning at his neck after these first two and a half games this year. Uh, and uh, not even two, it's been three full games. Like Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers had, what, one pass attempt in that first game? Yeah, four snaps. Like, Kirk Cousins, he's, he's there. Like, the Vikings, I don't think, have any shot at trying to be able to bring this back just because of how bad their defense has been and how good their offense is until they need to be, until they have to be good. And then they're not. Uh, So with that being said, you've got Kirk cousins, who's still shown that he, like he threw the ball 50 times this game, 367 Mm -hmm. yards, three touchdowns. And then he had that late interception at the end of that game. Yeah. Uh, Perfect opportunity for him to maybe for New York to maybe throw a couple of assets their way, maybe some draft capital, for just to take on the rest of Kirk Cousins' contract this year, use him as like a fill-in for Aaron Rodgers when he's gone. And then the Jets, with a QB, they still have a good shot at making the playoffs. So I don't see why they shouldn't even – I don't see why they shouldn't think about making this move on both sides of the football. Can you even be saying this stuff, Ian? I mean, you got sources. Are you you speaking from – when it comes to dynasty. This is just just me kind of talking at this point. I think it would be a good idea for the Jets to try to – you're well, not hearing whispers. I, I have not heard any whispers coming out of the Ian Fatterport source camp. Uh, mm. Not not going to release my sources, but uh, they're not really doing their job after three weeks. So maybe we're going to have some, maybe some replacement sources coming in here. You'll just have, to, you'll have to see. You'll have to see. Ian's firing his sources. I might be firing a source. Yeah. I haven't heard shit. That's pretty much <laughs> what I'll say. I haven't heard shit. Get the man his info. You're a source. It's your job. But I'm just as accurate as JPA football and he somehow has sources. So mm. shout out JPA football. But oh, I just like if the, if the, 
if, <laughs> if the thing with the Vikings is like, uh, is, you know, again, that Cousins is that on that expiring deal. So in the offseason, they're going to look at this record, you know, whatever ends up happening this season, and they're going to they're gonna re-sign him again. And, you know, Cousins, we know kind of know what the Cousins market is at this point, or at least the market for a guy like that. And I feel like if the Vikings don't give him that, there's another team I feel, you know, other teams out there I feel like would offer him more than the Vikings would offer him. So I just, I feel like I don't see this Cousins in Minnesota experiment lasting much longer, even if it is for like, you know, the rest of this season. So I think I've kind of just decided is Minnesota, is this the perfect Michael Penix team? If they, uh, where do you have, where do you think Penix is going to go in the draft? Let me ask you that. Well, I haven't done a lot of like looking. The only board I'm looking at right now is my board. I'm not really looking at other people's board, Mm -hmm. but Tankathon right now has him projected in the second round. They haven't projected as like, uh, let me see. I think he's, is he top 40, top 45? He's, he's, He's been a second round guy, but I don't know how he hasn't been, you know, Sanders, we don't really know. I guess what his NFL future is right now, but I don't know how through the beginning of the college football season, he's not at least the third, you know, quarterback prospect on people's boards. I mean, he's like, if you watch his, if you watch his games, like he's, he's definitely the best pure passer in college football. Who's eligible for this year in the draft over Caleb Williams. I, for when it comes to pure passing, I have Michael Penix. Like he, Mm. he throws for over 400 yards every single game. Uh, Caleb Williams, he's the best of both worlds. He's a great passer. He can get out and use his legs. And he's, he's just all around like an improvising, shifty guy. But uh, if you like, Michael Penix is almost like a Kirk Cousins. He doesn't use his feet as much. But if he mm. wants to throw the ball 50 times a game, uh, if he wants to take deep shots down the field the entire game, like he's the perfect guy that can do it. Right now, they have, right now, Tankathon has him at 48 to Tampa Bay. 48. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how Michael Penix slides to 50. I get he's a little bit, you know, he's been in college for a little, a little bit. He'll be like 24, maybe 23, 24 by the time he actually gets into the league. But, uh, you know, if you're a team like Minnesota, you've got Justin Jefferson there, you have a more experienced guy, a guy who's, you know, used to checking the ball around the field. So if he's a second round guy in Minnesota right now is, Oh, and three. So they're right at the top of the draft. They're right at the top of the second round. If they're not taking him at the top of the draft, I I don't know how you pass on him in the second round. Uh, Especially after you've taken, you know, with cousins there, you've taken guys like Kellen Mond too. Right. You've taken I, quarterbacks. I agree. I think if I think if the Vikings are at a spot where they're somewhere in that mid to early second round and he's there, I don't see why they shouldn't take him. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to re-sign to Minnesota after this season. Mm. Uh, but I also kind of want to throw out there, and I'm not the only one throwing this out there. But wait, are you going to throw out there? Are you going to throw out this? Is this a dra- another draft thing? No, no this is uh, this is the Vikings related. So history does repeat itself. We've seen oh. a wide receiver like Randy Moss, who had uh, a good career with the Vikings, who then left. We have a wide receiver like Stephon Diggs, who had a good career with the Vikings. They couldn't win games, mm. and then he left. Now we have arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. He is now in a position where through three games where they have literally no reason to not be good. They are losing games. They're mm-hmm. close. I don't want to say that he's I, I don't want to say not to count on him being there in the long term, 
But it's definitely a possibility that there is a chance that Justin Jefferson does not play his entire career out with Minnesota. Mm. And I think that the Vikings need to keep that in mind when they move forward with these type of offensive decisions. Especially like it's not even just a receiver thing, too. It's a front office thing where if you're looking at a rebuild and now you're looking at and we're you know, we're not talking about next year. We're talking about the whole career here with Jefferson. You're looking at the contracts you're going to give him down the road. You know, I'm, I'm not saying we wouldn't do it. We're just saying, you know, the NFL team's been known to make these types of moves in, in the past. But there would be a way to continue the lineage of acquiring great receivers. There is another draft thing I wanted to throw at you. So if you're Minnesota, would you do this right now? If we had the draft right now, Minnesota, they have the number three overall pick. So Chicago has the number one pick. I mean, I mean, that's going to be Caleb Williams, no matter who it is. Denver at number two. So Tankathon has Drake May. Like we said, you know, maybe get a franchise guy. So Minnesota at number three would have their pick on the board. Would you can draft guess, Marvin? I, would you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. That, at number three? That was gonna that was gonna be my guess. I feel like with how the draft board is laid out right now, like my hot take is Drake, uh, Drake May is not gonna be a top five pick when it comes to the draft, mm. like for the last couple of years, when you look at 2024, he's been like the second guy behind Caleb Williams. I think there's so many names in college football that's eligible this year for QBs. Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago where that clearly might not be the case by the end of the season. And by the time the draft rolls around, but uh, what is a for sure thing is after you look at the quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison is the clear next best mm. guy off the board. And like Caleb Williams, whoever it has the one spot will take him whoever has the two or even three spot, if there is a quarterback that can outshine him, will I don't see a world where they don't take somebody like Marvin Harrison. I do think the Penn State alignment is like another real just I forget stud. his name, but I have seen – I saw the most recent draft board I saw. I don't remember whose it was, but it was Caleb Williams, then the Penn State lineman, and I forget mm. his name. And then uh, it was Marvin Harrison. Yeah, I could see that. I could even – just a lineman. I don't know. Like when Quentin Nelson was coming out in the draft, I was like, you, you have to take this guy. If even the one, the only reason Quentin Nelson slid is because he was a guard and people were like, well, we don't need guards, but it's like, you know, you need good offensive linemen. Right. So I don't, I almost think like sure fire linemen are almost the safest thing in the draft. I mean, even, even Paris Johnson, like we were talking about the Cardinals a little bit ago, that old line has looked good. Yep. I think people forget that, you know, Skronsky was like the number one draft lineman, you know, the number one guy on a lot of people's boards. And he was the third lineman off the draft. It was Paris Johnson at six. And then Darnell Wright and I think Skronsky were picked in the, you know, the teens. A little mm -hmm. little bit of a gap there. Paris Johnson has uh, played really well to start. But Marvin Harrison Jr. and Justin Jefferson in the same offense would be crazy. And it would be, you know, they took Jordan Addison last year, but what do you do? I mean, you're not going to be like, well, are we going to pass on Marvin Harrison Jr. because we have Jordan Addison? You, you can't. Like, no matter who's on your team, you can't You can't pass on a guy like Marvin Harrison. But if you look at it this way, with these types of situations that could happen, next year's Minnesota's offense, to your knowledge, could be uh, Justin Jefferson, and then we have Marvin Harrison, Jordan Addison, and Penix Jr. at quarterback. And Cam Akers? Cam, Cam Akers, you still have That's Madison. a good offense. You've got, you've got TJ Hawkinson at tight end, who's now oh. one of the highest-paid tight ends in the NFL. That's a good offense. Like, that's a good it's offense. Crazy, but that's a that's a great offense. No matter you got your wide receiver two and your quarterback might be rookies, but that's that's pretty fucking good offense. Like 
an older rookie too, a more experienced guy, a guy that's right. been around. Like Jefferson when, is like, when, you know, best case scenario for a rookie quarterback, but also Marvin Harrison Jr. I like the experienced guys coming out of college, especially at QB. Like you could, you could downplay their age. Like they're not going to have as much longevity because they played six years in college football, but like with the Rams, they drafted Stetson Bennett. He's one of the older QBs in recent history to come out of college. But like in front of him is Matthew Stafford, who's kind of nearing the end of his mm -hmm. uh, career. You've got a guy who has that game experience, who's won two national championships to possibly come in behind him. That Like there is some. Are you campaigning like, for Stetson Bennett right now? Dude, I drafted him in Dynasty. Like I want him to be like, oh, I want him to like take Stafford's spot. But there's apparently there's personal issues. He's on the NIF, uh, the the NFI list with non-football injury right now. He's got like uh, Sean McVay, like they came out in the press conference when they mm -hmm. put him on that list and said, he's not going to uh, out of respect for the situation. He's not going to talk about it, which kind of makes it seem like it's a big deal that nobody's really bringing attention to right now. Wait, is so is Stetson Bennett like a questionable character he's guy? Always, he hasn't been on the active roster the last couple of weeks. He's been on the NFI. This makes me remember. Do you remember like after they won the national championship, he, you know, he didn't get into like a lot of trouble. But he did, I think for one, he was like going, he went on a couple of TV shows drunk, which is like, you know, it's, it's funny. I wouldn't, you know, recommend it if I was a, I remember, a I PR agent, that. but I think he did do that. And maybe he was also in a car. I don't, I don't know. We're not, the, we were, we're not an accusations first, pod, but it wouldn't be the first Georgia car controversy to mm -hmm. come back in that draft year. So maybe Stetson Bennett was the problem. Shout out Jalen Carter. I that's a uh, that'll that'll well the Eagles got him at nine but uh what do you do yeah what do you do, you do? but uh and then maybe maybe if Stetson Bennett had a good interview the Rams wouldn't have got him at uh you know one oh whatever they they picked him at who knew Stetson Bennett was uh a bit frisky it makes sense that undersized white guys or Johnny Manziel Stetson Bennett some ordinary football players you put Baker Mayfield, maybe not oh, as crazy, Baker. but on that list, like when it comes to the college antics, definitely could be. I definitely just feel like the stories haven't leaked out. The only difference between Baker is the leaked information. Yeah, Baker's got everything on lockdown. Except, Who are for, the... except for his money. Apparently, his his dad stole that. Did you see that? Mm, Baker. He he invested in his dad's company, and his dad's company lost the money. Oh, what was his dad's company? Uh, he's got like a was it's it FTX? A it's it's some sort of investment company. Was it like a crypto? No, I don't think it was any cryptocurrency type. Oh, just 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 Wall it. Street stuff. But yeah, he has two businesses. One's like a financial like investing company, and the other is like a construction company. He invested his money into those when he signed his rookie deal, and they lost it. That was a couple weeks ago. Baker Mayfield in this article is accused of getting head from a fan. I don't remember this story. That caught me off guard. <laughs> in a cheesecake factory parking lot. Look at look at this guy go. He's he's a Hall of Famer. Put him in the fucking book. Cheesecake factory. I thought he was making real money in the NFL. Baker Dude, Mayfield. That shit's expensive. Not for an NFL guy. Well, not for an NFL guy, but cheesecake factory. I mean, it's a is it is it. Is it is it better than Texas Roadhouse? It's been a while since I've been. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Eh, it's definitely. I think it's more expensive, for sure. 
I don't know. If but it's is it better? better? I, don't, I haven't been there in a while. I don't know if I could say it's better. I haven't been to either in a while. Well, we don't. The only closest one is Des Moines. Yeah, a couple hours away. Yeah, I don't want to travel just for some cheesecake. I'm already fat. Don't need to add to that. Maybe if you, but if you run there, could burn that off. It might take me a couple days there and back, at least. Then you'd be definitely ready to. Uh, I'd be running to an Uber before I ever run there. To eat. We did want to talk about the AFC South quickly, but we are on a bit of a bit of a schedule. But do you think the Colts have a shot? The Jags just lost to the Texans, and the Colts are now winning the division after beating the Ravens. I think it depends on Anthony Richardson's health. Uh, like he was like out in a good, game. like in a good way, like it, in a do they need Garner Minshew out there kind of way? No, I, I think they still okay. need Anthony Richardson. Like the first two, like the first quarter, like before he got hurt, he had two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, against that was the Texans, right? Week two. True. So, NFL math. The Colts are yeah better than the Jags. I think I think the Jags still are the, probably the front runner. They're, mm. they're they are one and two, but I still see them as the front runner. I just think they have better better skill when it comes to both sides of the ball. But uh, I've got the Colts as my second team on the list after the first three weeks of the season. I've got a mm. lot of upside in Anthony Richardson. Uh, I don't think it's enough to put them in the playoffs just because of how stacked the AFC is. Uh, but I can you still have more of the Texans though. Yeah, I have them over the Texans. I, I have uh at first at the beginning of the season, it was Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans. So I think I just flip uh I think I just flipped Titans and Texans or Titans and Colts. Mm-hmm. And then I still have the Texans at the bottom. Mm. You still have the Texans under the Titans. I don't think the Texans are that good. Like I'll just straight up I don't think they're that good at football. Yeah. Even after the win this week? I mean, like those type of divisional wins come for everybody. Like you're going to see the Broncos somehow beat the Chargers later this year. And that's in no way saying that the Broncos are a better football team. That's just the rivalry like divisions. Like you saw the Browns blow out the Bengals week one, 24 to three. Like if, if that's not like a divisional rivalry game where they see each other twice a year, that, that kind of shit doesn't happen. So. That and it was a tough, it was a tough special teams game for the Jags yeah. as well, too. They have like a missed field goal, a block field goal, and a kick return touchdown. Yeah, I, I streamed Brandon McManus as my kicker in fantasy this week, and he got me three points. So. And you streamed their defense. And, I mean, yeah, because it's the it's the freaking Texans. And even worse, you you cut the Saints defense. Okay, but that turned out to not be that bad of a That is true. That one did for, work for out. This week. Like I, I'm just streaming defenses and kickers the rest of the year. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, I may or may not have a waiver claim for the Saints defense in again. <laughs> Bring running Just them back because I like their matchup this week. Uh, who do they play? The Bucks. Yeah, I like that because their offense is bad. So I know we don't we don't pick defenses for our fantasy face off, but in my in my daily fantasy lineup, I do have the Saints defense. I think uh, they were they were dominating the Packers before Derek Carr went out. Their defense was anyways. And then, you know, Jameis Winston comes back in, all of a sudden the Packers come starting back. It's like, huh, I wonder if those two things correlate. Uh, I would I would definitely say so. I, J- Jameis Winston, he just sucks at football. He just, <laughs> has a long, good. he just has a long history of being bad at football. But, yes, their defense is good. Also, I think the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. Why? Because the Colts beat the Chiefs in week three last week. Okay. <laughs> And they just beat the Ravens in week three this week. So well, that was kind of like a no offense game. That was Matt Gay really just took that game into his hands. Matt Gay kicking from like 55. 
He had nine. He had what twenty something fantasy points. Nobody's really talked about this yet, but Tucker, I think Tucker has missed field goals in every game this year. Granted, that field goal he missed against the Colts was what sixty-one yarder. Mm-hmm. And the other Difficult two, I believe, are both from fifty-nine. So maybe they're long, seen, but maybe we've seen Justin Tucker's reign in the NFL come to a close. I mean, they're not helping him out with his stats by lining him up from, you know, 58 plus every time to kick a field goal. But and the, the 61 yarder that he missed, if I remember correctly, when it like because he missed it short. So when it was like when it came down, it hit the pad, it hit the middle pad. It was it was dead center. It was dead center. It was just a yard or two short. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I don't well, I mean, somebody as accurate as him, like you saw him. What's well, his plus size? You, in order to do that, you have to miss it short. That's the only way you can hit the front of the pad like that, obviously. Right. And his his what career high, like the NFL best is 67. 66. 66. Either one, like you go back and watch that kick, that was dead center. Most of his kicks are just right down the middle. Well, they had the they had the he had the game winning kick last year where they measured like the coordinates of the field and it was like two degrees off of what the exact middle of mm-hmm. the field was, you know, thank, thank goodness. It was, uh, this one was like, you know, two yards short. The Colts ended up uh, getting the win. Put you in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, con- getting control of the AFC. Imagine if we had Steven Gilmore right now with this front seven, be looking pretty good. Be looking feisty. Not bad. Not my- I do have to say, uh, last, it was either last week or the week before we were talking about Gilmore. You said Steven, and I, I got a lot of backlash for letting you say Steven. It's Stefan. Oh, Stefan Gilmore. Fair Stephon enough. Gilmore. So I got to correct you now. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Stefan Gilmore. I, I just got to throw that out there. Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> there we go. I'll say it a couple times to make up for it. But planted in your brain. Do we want to touch on uh, college quickly? Do we want to get to? Do we need to go back to the Colorado Depression? Um. Let's just throw in the towel. Uh, Colorado, that was not a good game whatsoever. Yeah. They got completely blown out by Oregon. Uh, it didn't help that Oregon decided to make that game personal. Like themselves, mm. like we know the storylines for it's like Colorado's games are personal. That's why they keep it close. Nobody was saying Colorado was going to beat Oregon, at least to my understanding. Nobody no, was thinking, I don't think so. Nobody was thinking that like they were the underdog and that they had to come out and just absolutely stomp on Colorado. And that's kind of what the coach made it seem to be. Like he seemed very insulted that they thought like Colorado was just all like a media mm-hmm. presence football team. But at the same time, like in those interviews and like before and after the game and like the, like in the locker room before the game, like you can tell that like he was trying to like put on a show for the cameras in there as well. So like, in those situations, and you look at the Colorado State coach the week before who was doing the exact same thing, they want to use the argument that Colorado is just here to, like, make shit up on, mm-hmm. like, the media. But then when it comes to them playing them, they're going to do the exact same thing because everybody wants their 15 seconds of fame. And, I mean, I'm sure for these guys it's big recruiting as well, too, to talk mm-hmm. a big game and then go in there and really put it on Dion. Dion and in fairness to the Oregon guys for this game, you know, the fun thing about Colorado is they've been underdogs and it's, you know, been fun to root for like such incredibly likable underdogs. But they did kind of start crossing the line over and doing like, weren't they on the logo? Before the, the players game, were on the, the logo. was like kicking it up and like digging yeah. his cleats in there. Which that's, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. 
when guys always do that, it's like, okay, you're probably going to lose this game. Other right. teams don't usually respond well to that. You're a 21 point underdog. You can't go to the logo and just start kicking shit up. The two games that you've won are against Colorado State and TCU, who and was Nebraska. a ranked team, but you know, in an and Nebraska, yeah, yeah, you know, all all decent teams. But Oregon is like a legit top team, and you're gonna yeah. go in there and start stomping on the logo. When, yeah, can't do that. After you know, you won one. It's just like okay, that that's that's uh that's yeah, drawing the line. I was rooting it, for Colorado though, like. Yeah, I, I took I took an alternate spread for them. Obviously, it didn't cover because I didn't have plus mm. forty five. <laughs> yeah. Are uh, you surprised that the line is the same this week? It was twenty one and a half for Oregon, and it's twenty one and a half again for USC. It's the same type of caliber offense. I don't know much mm. about uh, USC's defense, but I, I know Caleb Williams is legit. And if Bo Nix can throw for four or five touchdowns, I wouldn't be or four touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised if Caleb Williams threw for more. What's the most passing yards in a college football game? Combined, I wonder. Combined? Was it that was it that Baker Mahomes game? Did they get combined a thousand Texas yards? Tech, Oklahoma. That's yes. the that's yeah. That's the number one. One thousand two hundred and seventy-nine is the most combined passing yards. Is Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Uh, and that would have been... Was that an overtime game? Look. Because, you know, I don't know if... Or I don't know if Colorado-USC is going to go to overtime. It would have to be uh, tied at the end of regulation. And I don't know if Colorado is going to keep it close. But passing yards? Can we make... Do we want a bold prediction and say... Most passing yards ever, Shador Saunders and Caleb Williams. Maybe, Dude, maybe I, plus a thousand. I mean, you look at Oregon's defense and Shador Sanders. He threw for under two hundred yards this week. I'm pretty sure, didn't he? That is true. He actually has to get not, the pass off. Not the greatest. Yeah, he he needs his old line to block for more than a half a second. So yeah, so that game, the Oklahoma Texas Tech it was 2016. It was not overtime, but it was 66 to 59. Mm. Uh, Is that a hundred? Baker, Baker threw for five hundred and forty-five yards. Mahomes threw for seven hundred and thirty-four. Hmm. And they took Mitchell Trubisky over him. Shout out the Bears. Shout out the Chiefs. They got the they got the good end of that deal. Yeah. Yeah, he threw the ball eighty-eight times that game. <laughs> How many did Baker throw? Thirty-six. 27 passes and 545 yards is pretty damn good. 36 yeah. pass, 20, yeah, 27 attempts is uh that's uh 20, Baker, yeah, 27 completions, 15 yards per per completion. Baker's college career is gonna go underrated because he may not have like a top, he didn't have like a Cam Newton, you know, Joe Burrow level season, but he is like, you know, that, or even like a, I don't I would say even like a Tim T, you know, he never won the national title, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So he never got to that level, but Heisman candidacy wise, just being in the mix every year, the stats, uh, Baker's, uh, college career. I forgot that radar. was Joe Mixon, Oklahoma year too. Mm. He rushed for 263 yards that game. Yeah. I forgot about Joe Mixon's college career until you wow. said that, but he would probably would have been a first round pick. Had not it been for uh, some stuff, some stuff, I think, <laughs> some stories. 
it happens. But and uh, Mark Andrews at Oklahoma too. Hmm. All with all with Baker. That gets overshadowed. They had a receiver too. Was it Marquise Brown? Uh, D.D. Westbrook. Oh. He was good in college. Yeah, he uh, that game he had nine receptions, two hundred two yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I bet he probably had like fifteen hundred yards that season. Or probably one of those averages seasons. about three hundred yards a season now. But does if that is if he in that, the league? Is D.D. Westbrook on a team? Last time I knew he was a Titan. Hmm. That's is that Nick Westbrook in 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 Nicky? Well, that's let me look in Kine. That might be who I'm thinking of instead. I think he might be the Ohio State guy. Let's see. I can't say like the last part of his line name, but Nick Westbrook. NWI? NWA? DD Westbrook is currently not on a team. His mm. last recorded stat was 2021. Uh, and that would have been for the really? Minnesota Vikings. He played 15 games. He had 10 receptions for 68 yards and no touchdowns. Mm. But uh, for four years before that, he played for Jacksonville. Yeah, they drafted him, I think. Yeah, I forgot about that. Was he first-round guy? Um, He was fourth-round. Oh, he slid a little pick, bit. Okay, pick that's 110, yeah. Okay, so he can't be mad. Nope. Take it out. I got it mixed up with Akine. My apologies if you're listening to this podcast. It's okay. I was uh messing up Stefan Gilmore earlier. So yeah, you better hope he doesn't listen. He's gonna hunt you down. He's probably not gonna hunt me down. Well, no, I I, I like him. I want him on the team. I defend I <laughs> you did defend him. I uh I wanted the trade not to happen. I want him back. Stefan Gilmore. But uh we did get a we did get a good look at a bunch of the big 10 teams this week because Ohio state played Notre Dame in a ranked matchup and Penn state played Iowa, which at the time it was a ranked matchup. Penn state didn't play Iowa. Penn state just played football. Iowa wasn't there. So I think it's still safe to say Michigan is still the best team in the big 10, but after this weekend, what's a, who's two, three, what's your big 10 top right now? Top of the power rankings. I, I, I'd go Michigan one. Probably Ohio okay. State too. Mm. Uh, Penn State. I don't want to give them too much credit because they played Iowa, but they're still probably number three. I think. Um, uh, I think I agree with you. I was. I was prepared going into the weekend to, just in general, like this season, be more afraid of Penn State than Ohio State. But watching that, watching those games, like you know, watching the quarterbacks specifically. McCord had a couple of passes in this game and Aller Aller has looked good at Penn State. He's been efficient. They've moved the ball up and down the field. But they actually like trust McCord to throw the ball down the field. The best pass between both those guys was a touchdown that was called back in that Notre Dame game where he just like threw it up the seam to uh and and Buka and uh we're just gonna butcher names this entire podcast. But you said it right. Okay, we'll take it. Yeah. And uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't even playing like that great of a game those corner ben morge ben morrison uh on my list now of guys to keep an eye out you do a good job of marvin harrison jr pay attention to that guy but mccord i think is uh they trust him a little bit more i like his arm talent a little bit more and i think that's you know outside of already the talent that they have there at ohio state 
was the quarterbacks were the big question marks. And I came away from Saturday being more impressed with the Ohio State quarterback than the Penn State quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially at the beginning of that Penn State-Iowa game. Penn State wasn't really creating a lot of room for themselves. They had a, mm. they had a couple three and outs to start the game, but as soon as they scored that first touchdown, they just got rolling. Or as we know, it was 31-0. But it kind of works out in my favor. I don't want Brian Ferentz to have a job at the end of the season. So How many points did you score last week? We scored 41. So going Between into the last- <laughs> this Penn State game, uh, he was averaging 28 points per game. It is now down to 20 and a half. I was going to say, even just between the, between the last two games, he's only averaging 22 points a game mm-hmm. <laughs> with the 40-point game in there. Get him out. <laughs> Brian Ferentz. Uh, the Get flag is out. back in the shop, but not, uh, not because of Brian The flag will Ferentz. always stay standing, but it won't be because of Brian Ferentz. It, it's because of what the Hawkeye stands for, and it, it stands for excellence in traditional college football. Unfortunately, definitely no traditional more, college football. There's no more excellence left. It's just traditional college football. <laughs> just a lot of a lot of good line play and tight ends if you want if you want to watch your running back rush for three yards to carry you watch the iowa hawkeyes tory taylor best punter in the nation is he draft eligible this year i think so are you gonna lose him uh i would assume so he might uh he might get picked high i forgot i forgot until i was watching the games this year that the 49ers picked the michigan kicker in the third round yeah they took jake moody it was like earliest the kicker's been taken in a while and that was their first pick in the draft yeah he's been good for him though granted they don't really need that many picks in the draft to keep a talented roster no you watch their team and cleveland farrell is the the fifth pass rusher coming into these games and it's like he was a fourth overall pick (laughs) (laughs) yeah top five guy back in the day so uh probably would have had a tough time even uh getting a getting a spot quickly i wanted to do a new segment we can workshop the name the writers are coming back it's called guy watch guy watch guy watch okay guys that couple guys that had a decent week that i think for i don't know dynasty purposes draft purposes just uh put this name okay. in your notebook write it away i know we've been the number one dj uyunglele pod out there but uh <laughs> They, they, uh, that is a name I, I, I will get because that's my guy, but, uh, they took a tough one this week against Washington state fought back, but their running back Deshaun Fenwick, 11 carries 101 yards and three touchdowns. Maybe send some scouts out to the next game. Maybe, maybe I'll tell my sources to kind of, kind of sort out the scouts, have a look at him, maybe put him on my dynasty. Uh, my dynasty watch list. We'll have to see. I haven't, just, I haven't heard uh, his name before, so I'll keep my eye out for him. Yeah, we're just, we're just, we're trying to be the first one to throw names out. So if we throw enough, enough of them out there, one, one of these guys is going to be good. Also, the Alabama running back Jace McClellan had a good week this week, seventeen for one hundred and five and a touchdown. I've, I've, I've liked him these first two, first four weeks of the season. He's just reliable when it comes mm-hmm. to that offense. Nice, uh you know, compact frame mm-hmm. seems like, like you're saying the most reliable running back they have. And they have a lot of talented guys right now. And of their receivers, Jermaine Burton to me has been the one that's really stood out two receptions for 62 in the last game on the season through four games, only eight receptions, but 186 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, they've had some struggles at quarterback play, throw the South Florida game out, like basically zero passing in that game. But when he's gotten the ball, he's looked good. So Jermaine Burton guy, watch. All right. Keep uh 
keep his name in uh in your notebooks and uh who knows we'll see what happens uh maybe jermaine burton will be decent but it's time for the uh week four fantasy face-off and i think you know i was i was a little nervous after week two because i was like okay i know dan's a fantasy guy he's clearly got the you know his his lineup looked good it's gonna be a long week but i i made a i made a a, a surprising comeback this week. You, My you team was outstanding. Me. You took you took the ballsiest running back one anybody has taken, <laughs> and it happened to be the second best fantasy scoring running back of the week. The so only guy that outbeat him was his teammate. Was his backup? It was his backup. A chain outbeat him. I had mostered in my RB one with forty five, and I think. The rest of my team outside of Brees Hall had a pretty decent week. Only 11 yeah. from Matt Stafford at quarterback. Yeah, you had Waddle in your lineup who yeah, ended up so ended up being out. Uh, that was kind of my fault. So the, the rumors of him not expecting to play came out that morning. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do my research enough when I was looking at guys. So instead of kind of picking a replacement, I just took a zero. Kind of my fault. Should have paid attention to it. So now, now I know I, I've kind of, I'm going to put more research into these guys just to see who's, who's got the injury plague before I just go out and throw a name out. Well, the gap between our teams this week, there was only, cause you had uh, Waddle in your wide receiver spot. The, there was only seven wide receivers that would have uh, closed the gap between our teams this week. Uh, Keenan Allen, Devonte Adams, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson. So Adam Thielen in one of my fantasy leagues, I did start my flex spot because I just had a feeling with Andy Dalton. Wait, this wasn't and, a sleeper league? This was a, you actually put him in your lineup? Yeah, this was a redraft ESPN oh. league. And I, I just figured that like the the veteran connection between him and Andy Dalton would work and he had mm. 32 points. So, but all- uh, like you said, Keenan Allen, if I was going to pick a replacement, that's who my guy was going to be, I was thinking about. Then yeah. he went out and just dropped 50. So, mm. well, if uh, if it happens again, uh, Ian Fadaport on Twitter, you guys can watch. Maybe he'll tweet out a a replacement uh, for the uh, for the team. But did we do did we do position by position last week, or did we just do whatever player so you we, wanted? We, we pick did a team? position by position. We went the snake. Oh, okay, okay. So are we? Did I have the first pick, or did you have the first pick? Uh, I. Who wants to go first? Pick. You go first this time. I'm going first. So I'm yeah, going quarterback, first. running back. Quarter or uh, yeah, go quarterback, running back. Okay. So wait, no, go go quarterback. And then I'll go quarterback running back. So it's like a true snake. One, two, oh, two, yeah, two, for three, sure. Three. For sure. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Uh so my quarterback. We're taking a swing. Okay. We're taking a swing. And I don't even know if this guy is going to play. But right now, Jimmy G is in concussion protocol. And he looked... And I'm, I'm a Jimmy G guy. I'm a Jimmy G guy. I think I think he definitely is the Raiders quarterback a majority of the season. I'm not saying that they put him to the bench. But if he's suffering from concussion symptoms this week, and we see, we see Aiden O'Connell... Against against the Chargers defense? Is this the swing you're taking? Are you taking eight? Say it. Say it. Aiden O'Connell? Are you taking Aiden O'Connell? 
against the Chargers defense? Sign me up, baby. Let's go. Okay, but what what if he what if Jimmy G plays? Then what? Uh, do we want to? I, I I do have a replacement option at the end. If if uh, let's, let's if you want Okay, let's preface this. Let's <laughs> let's. Okay, if we take a guy who is injured, All right, uh, do, you, do we want to replace him like before the game starts, and I can just tweet it? I have. I have I have an option if uh if Jimmy G if Jimmy G doesn't play. So if you want to do the rest of the draft, I can tell you my option at the end if he doesn't get okay. picked. Yeah, Let's, I like that. Let's do I that. can give you I can give you my and I and it works uh I can mess I can mess the receivers around. I I have an option if he doesn't if he doesn't uh if he doesn't yeah. play, but let's do do that at the end. I mean we're talking okay. I mean daily fantasy, he is like the cheapest guy. And he might, he's probably be like five bucks. Better, might be better than Jimmy G. Had the best really? passer rating of anybody in the preseason. Okay. I mean, I if Jimmy G doesn't play the full game, I, I respect it. I see the upside. The Chargers, uh, well, no, he's in concussion protocol right now. So if yeah. Jimmy G, if, yeah, if Jimmy G is ruled out and Aiden O'Connell gets the start with Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers there. Maybe, maybe Jimmy G gets replaced week four. Maybe. I don't. Maybe. I don't know. I maybe. Well, if I'm picking up my lineup, maybe I think he's gonna have a really good week. But I don't know. 18 points. If he plays, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. That's a good, that's a good floor. I mean, his floor is definitely like five. But for sure, for sure. But I think like a that's not bad. And it's more the Chargers' defense has been a disaster. Yeah. And we're gonna ride that Chargers' defense disaster. So for now, if if Jimmy G is out. This week for the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders, my daily fantasy quarterback will be Aiden O'Connell. I respect the ballsiness of that pick. I really do. We went Mostert last week, so we're doubling down yeah. on the riskiness. Double Doubling or nothing. Down. All right, I'm going to double down. I'm going to join you for the quarterback risk game. Mm. And it's a guy we touched on earlier, and he hits a little close to home for me. Oh, no, so you're not I this, am you? taking Russell Wilson. You just took my backup option. <laughs> are you for real? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I kind of had a thought that that's who it could have been. It's okay. I have a third but, one. I'm we're good. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take Russell Wilson. We're playing arguably okay. We're if we're the 31st worst best team, the Bears are the 32nd. So mm-hmm. this is a bad up. Like I've seen TikToks of this saying special teams or special teams. Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, this this is the Caleb Williams duel. There. I'm taking Russell Wilson over my, what might be the worst defense in the entire league. If he threw for 300 yards last week and 300 the week before, I don't see why he can't do it again. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think yeah. it's a bounce back week for Russell Wilson. The, the stats right. have been there. He's been average and he's priced a little cheaper right now. So you get a favorable matchup. I, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I had, I had Russell Wilson down on my list. If you, if you want, if, if you're, if you think Aiden O'Connell is a little bit too risky, my next my next play would have been Russell Wilson. So yeah, there you go. Uh we're both in agreement there. Do you want to go do you want to do your quarterback now before I do my running back since quarterbacks are out of the rest? Uh yeah, I think Anthony Richardson is about the same amount okay. on FanDuel as um as Russell Wilson. So against the Rams defense, against Aaron Donald's a little bit scary, but the rushing touchdowns have been almost automatic for him. I know. Yeah. Well, I I, I still think I still think he gets the ball around the goal line. And uh, they're going to be running it into the end zone one way or another, like when they're within five yards. So okay. the rushing, the rushing upside, uh, 
Anthony Richardson, week one. That'll be my replacement guy. All right, my running back, my first running back. And I'm kind of going ballsy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm not going ballsy because if everything goes to plan, this is his season debut. Mm. Uh, T, you can call him T Grizzly. His first day out, he's he's released from the <laughs> okay. shackles of what is suspension. I'm taking Saints running back Alvin Kamara. Mm. They've got the Bucks this week, who uh, their defense isn't really known for stopping the run. Uh, you've got Jameis Winston as what could be your starting quarterback this week. Uh, you've had Jamal Williams, who was hurt. You've got Kendra Miller, who just came off an injury this last week. Uh, I think with a weak passing game this week for the Saints, I think Kamara is going to see the ball a lot in the passing and the running game specifically. So uh, it might be his debut. We haven't seen him yet, but I'm taking him. It's not like Jamal Williams has necessarily lit the league on fire with uh, the starting role there in in New Orleans. And I believe he was leading the team in touches. He was definitely leading the team in touches going into the game this past week. And I know, you know, he was in and out. And has Tony Jones, just like eye test, been the most impressive running back that they've had through the first couple of games? He's looked pretty good. Kendra Miller, I think, definitely would have been that spot if he was Mm -hmm. healthy the first couple weeks of the season. But uh, in an absence, like he had a couple rushing touchdowns. What was it uh, week two? Yeah, without Jamal Williams. So yeah, I mean he's been good. Had a couple of explosive runs against the Packers, and you know Winston in there. Have him check down to Kamara a couple times. That'll uh, help him out as quarterback as well. So am I on the clock with my first running back? You are going with your two running backs right here. Okay, so I know most people go a uh, quarterback wide receiver stack, but uh. If Anthony Richardson plays, I guess this is a this is a the old quarterback running back stack. My RB, I'm taking Zach Moss. I like it. I do. I, he had a really good week this past week, uh, especially with uh, they released uh, Deion Jackson. They just cut Deion Jackson. Yep, and so it's just him and what Evan Hole now. And I believe Evan Hole was was like on the injury report before you know before Zach Moss got off. So. I'm pretty sure. Did Zach Moss have 30 carries last week? He it was damn near it if it wasn't 30. He had what he had 20 something fantasy points, I know for sure. And it for for Daly's fantasy too as well. So like on FanDuel right now, I think Kenneth Walker is like the third highest running back. And that's just because I mean it's the Seahawks offense, and there's just like a certain comfortability that even if Kenneth Walker gets like 40 yards, you know, like two weeks ago he had 40 yards and two touchdowns. Like the Seahawks Seahawks offense is going to make the make you feel a little safer about Kenneth Walker. Like I feel like that's what's going to happen with Zach Moss here these next couple of weeks, especially from a daily fantasy perspective where if the Colts are just going to give this guy like 20 plus carries a game and you know they're already going to be a short passing team. Like it's going to be a run heavy team anyways and he's going to be getting like legit RB1 workload. I think a daily fantasy, his price goes way up just because there's going to be a certain level of safety for him. So again, a little bit of a tough matchup this week against the Rams, but give me 20 carries on a budget. I like it, and I think this might be one of the few weeks to take advantage of it. So Zach Moss, my RB1. I think uh, with with my RB2, I'm going to go, I'm going to go another old reliable, and it's against against a tough matchup, but I'm I'm thinking against the, I'm thinking the same thing where I think he's just gonna get he's proven that he's gonna get a lot of carries. The usage is there for him. And I'm buying in on the Josh Dobbs hype. I'm taking James Conner as my RB2 
49ers is a bad matchup, but see, I I think Zach Moss is going to actually have a, like a decent game, but James Conner could actually have like 40 yards and a touchdown. And I think right. as my RB, as my RB two, I like the, uh, the amount of the, just he's, he's back on track for like another annoyingly consistent season. He's going to be one of the top RBs. The workload is there. So both of these guys kind of middle tier priced RBs. And I think the workload is, uh, going to make their value go up as the season goes on. I like it. Is that a, your three picks so far? I I agree with hundred percent. Uh, I may be a little skeptical on the Aiden O'Connell, but, uh, if he does not play and like we have Jimmy G, Anthony Richardson is definitely a safe bet with, with the rushing upside. Mm. Uh, Zach Moss, like you said, 20 plus carries a game and same thing that you can get with James Conner. Like, like he's got the Jonathan Stewart belt, but it works in fantasy. Like he's going to have 15, points pretty much every week so i like it i have not gotten 15 points from my rb2 and basically any fantasy thing i've done this bit real life my rb2 has been pretty awful this year but uh and i've i've had one of the top scoring running backs on my team last week it was or i guess two weeks ago now it was brian robinson who was that was the week i picked up josh kelly so i was like well of course i'm gonna play josh kelly and then this week it was, well, Josh Kelly, the matchup's favorable. And I picked up Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford went off. Josh Kelly, uh, not on my daily fantasy team. So I'm, I'm looking for reliable here at running backs. Looking for reliable with the veterans. I like it. I like the pick. Your receivers? Uh, I've got one running back. And one running I'll back? my receiver. Okay. I'm kind of scrolling through the list of games. I just, I'm looking at favorable matchups. I've got one guy who I want to just bring my dynasty bias in, mm. but he's a real hit or miss. Are you taking a swing? Fuck it. I'll take a swing. Uh, I'm going Jared McKinnon as my running mm. back. Too. That's uh, fair. He had two touchdowns last week. They're playing the Jets like who have been a little risky on defense. Uh, he's a guy who he might not get a lot of carries, but he could see the, he could see the ball in the receiving game. Uh, I definitely see him like inside the 10 getting a little like flat route for a touchdown that he's just so good at that. Like give him the ball underneath and he can find a way into the end zone with short yardage. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the upside. Definitely probably the lowest floor of guys I was looking at, mm-hmm. but could have a game. Like you've got the best quarterback in the history of the NFL throwing the ball to you. Anything can happen. I like I, I like the pick and shout out Billy buckets. Uh, he has Pacheco on his redraft team and McKinnon just in this game against the bears, it was like, let's just move the ball downfield with, with Pacheco. And then when we get inside the two or, Oh, oh it's this, the Jarrett McKinnon play, like all of their Jarrett McKinnon plays just start like within three yards of the end. He had, he had eight touchdowns in the last 10 weeks of the season last year. Like I have him on my dynasty team and it's a best ball. So mm. those weeks where he had a, he had one week with two touchdowns, uh, a couple of weeks with a one and that was all in the later half of the season. So he, I got, a, I've got, uh, he's on my list for best ball running backs, especially on that type of offense where they run the ball with Pacheco. Cause he's one of the fiercest runners in the NFL, I would say. And then yeah. right when you get in the red zone, get that short yardage, just throw a little swing route out there and see what McKinnon can do. So he had 10 touchdowns last year and he has two touchdowns through three games this year. So he's on pace for 11 touchdowns, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing. Eight hundred yards, guy, but eight hundred yards. Same, yeah, he's an older guy. You're gonna, but you're gonna get the consistency out of him. So mm-hmm. you know, scary what you're pick. With McKinnon. I'm 
I'm cheering for Pacheco to get the goal line carries this week. Is this so? This is your receiver. This is my receiver. Well, you could get some. Well, I don't want to suggest. I don't want to suggest redemption, but your receiver pick. I could get redemption. Um, I think with I think this receiver one is going to be my go big go home pick on my roster. Okay. So okay. I think I'm going to make this my my number one guy who is coming off of a week who did he did have a very good fantasy production this week. Uh, 26 points in a Monday night game. I'm going with Jamar Chase from the Bengals. Mm. I'm take him as my wide receiver one. Well, that I that makes that makes my board really interesting now because I was gonna I was gonna make my wide receiver one. I was gonna make him T. Higgins. <laughs> and I think I still might. You think you still might? You think that's what you want your pick to be? I think I might just still take T. Higgins. And we just go head to head with the Bengals guys. Just go head to head. That's the thing, though. With either of those guys, they could play the wide receiver one role any week. Like week two, Higgins had two touchdowns. Last night, Jamar Chase had 13 receptions, 150 mm-hmm. yards. So, like any week, you can have like both of those guys are superstars. Like either week, they could do that. And last night was like the real, like, we're going to get the ball to Jamar Chase. Like, Jamar Chase yeah. is going to have a big game. And uh, I don't, you know, I'm not saying they're had to, they're going to do that with T. Higgins, but T. Higgins has still been able to like be productive just naturally in the right. offense this year. So maybe if they don't like just say, hey, we're force feeding the ball to Jamar Chase, like, you know, if the offense is just in a rhythm next week, I'd be interested to look like in what the balance is there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I might I might take T Higgins because I think going into this week as well too through the first couple of games, he was like just leading the entire league in percentage of teams air yards. It's like the most heavily tar- targeted guy in the league, right. playing across from Jamar Chase through week one. So and if it's not this Sunday, there'll definitely be a game this season where like they did last night. I was like, okay Higgins, you're gonna have 15 receptions, 150 yards, and a mm. touchdown because we feel like it. Yeah. So that that'll that'll happen this year if it's not this Sunday for sure. So T Higgins is my uh T Higgins is my wide receiver one. Jamar Chase is your uh your wide receiver one. My wide receiver two. So the thing is because I have Aiden O'Connell, I can go a lot of different directions. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I am free to spend a lot of money. I'm trying to stay true to what I think the value would be because I, I've never used the FanDuel daily. I know. So I once uh I'm once you get to, on, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Once I get on, once I get on, I'll definitely follow that. For now, I'm just I'm trying to pick guys that I think because I'll say week two, my team was definitely a way too overpowered, way out of budget. Week it really wasn't though. You said that and it really wasn't because you had Rashad White, who was a cheap guy, and you also had Devontae Smith, who has not who has his yeah. he's been priced up. And week two, he was still you could still get him a little bit lower i think last week i was definitely closer to what the budget could be but i think i think this week i'm going to try to draw it in see see if i can get it close and you took well the thing is you took my backup quarterback option so that also is kind of messed with uh yeah with where i where i wanted to go and what we're doing two receivers and a flex yeah and a tight end in between and a tight end well, I guess, okay, well, I guess uh, I'm going to put, so I'm going to put this, I'm going to put the other guy in my flex and I'm going to go, 
I'm going to go Olave as my wide receiver too. I like it. Go Chris Olave. I didn't want to, I didn't want to go overpowering, but it's still, it's, it still works. So I think he's going to have, I think a big week this week, Winston is going to be at least airing the ball out. So that may only work 50% of the time, but Olave has been like low key elite this year. He has been outstanding to start the season. And I don't think he's necessarily had a, like a big stats game so far. So I think he's due for like uh, a big breakout. He's 22 receptions for 203 yards in the season. No touchdowns yet on the season. Yeah, one. So he's kind of been a little Jefferson-y because he was 112 the first week, 86, and then 104, but no touchdowns. So uh, the production has been there. And uh, I think he maybe finds the end zone this week. It's which that kind of surprised me, especially last week, because I have Michael Thomas on one of my fantasy teams, mm. and I don't think he recorded a stat until halfway through the third quarter. So, mm. so he was just he was non existent when Carr was in, and then as soon as Winston came in, it kind of came back to like the old Saints ways. Well, he's used to MT, he might throw to MT, but a lot of it's too good to not get the ball. Yeah, and I feel I, I, I feel confident, I feel confident about that because. Because I have Anthony Richardson as a well, I'll, I'll tell you my backup plan when we do the when we do the do the rest of the picks. There okay. is on the on if you guys are actually doing this in the FanDuel and you actually want to try to swing with Aiden O'Connell if he's in there, there are you can you can really stack it with the receivers and actually kind of have a, a a decent lineup. But I'll I'll let you know what that is uh, at the end. But yeah, what's your what's your wide receiver too? You want to take you want to take Shahid? I have a wide receiver in mind, but I. Don't think you're gonna take him, so I'm gonna save him for my flex because I'm pretty sure he's probably cheap. Be careful! So, I thought the same. Well, I, I've got. I, I think I can come up with another guy if you take him. Yeah, I'm, I kind of got to scroll a little. I don't necessarily know. Just pick last from your week, heart. Last week I took George Pickens. I ended up with 11 points from him. That wasn't that bad. No, you'll take that. Just trying to look at match. Your team really would have done well last week if if you had because again you could because Waddle budget wise I don't know if you could have slitted Jefferson, but you definitely could have got you definitely could have got Thielen <laughs> if you Thielen definitely if you were I, thinking two steps I might ahead. Have, I might have been able to slide in Keenan Allen. I don't know what the price would have been for that. He's he but, is this week. Uh, this week he's like the second most expensive yeah, guy right he's now. Probably pretty high because they're playing the Raiders too. Yeah. Um, earlier in this, uh, in the podcast, we kind of attacked the Cowboys secondary a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, and they've got a matchup against the Patriots this week. Okay. So I think I'm going to attack the Cowboys secondary and I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Somebody who had one of the better week ones, I'm going to mm. take a real risk. I'm taking Kendrick Bourne. I like as it. My wide receiver too. I like it. I think he's by far the best Patriots receiver, right? Uh, I yeah, because Juju hasn't really done anything this season. Like, Juju's he hasn't, fine. He hasn't, he's good. Like he's reliable, but he, we haven't seen him catch the ball a lot this season. So it just seems like when Kendrick Bourne's in, he's making big plays. It's been him and Demario Douglas, the rookie. They've Ooh. kind of been the two to take. Oh, do you want to switch it? No, um, I think I'll keep Bourne. Yeah, I think Bourne's more reliable. A jet sweep touchdown. If you take if you take Douglas, I'll take Dwoddle from uh, the Cowboys, <laughs> and we can just uh, take the gadget guys. But uh, yeah, and uh, I think they they he's a guy that again can get big plays, but they'll use him 
they'll use him in creative ways to right. get him the ball as as well too. So and Mac Jones, I think, is leading the league in pass attempts. He's up there right now. He's so, uh, he's top of, ten of, fantasy points as well. Yeah, because he's they're just he's checking the ball down all the time. Yeah. And uh, he's he's picking up the yards, but that means there's production to go around. So yeah, Kendrick Bourne. And then are you up to your are you up to your tight end? I am at tight end. Please don't. I was saying earlier. Down. I was saying earlier how uh, I should do more research, but this week I did literally zero, and I'm mm-hmm. just going based off of matchups. So like you said, I am picking from the heart. Please do. Um, I'm taking Evan Ingram. Ooh, thank God. Against the Falcons. I like the matchup there in London. The Jags are historically good in London for some reason. Like, Is I this the Toy undefeated. Story game? I think they're undefeated. It is the Toy Story game. Are I you watching? That. I'm excited. I, Me too. I, as a 20-year-old man, I am excited. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch it. I'll definitely look up clips if I don't watch it live, but uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do for that. Because it's like the first time that they're because it's all animated like they're doing the exact plays in like the toy story type of animation and i'm sure there's probably like cameos from like woody buzz and all like the famous characters it makes makes my like childhood peak back up i'm excited i'm excited we'll see if doug play doug peterson's play calling goes gets a little bit better in uh in andy's room but i mean i'm gonna watch normal football broadcasts all day saturday and then after that all day sunday so I actually nice do. Yeah, I do. Too, I do watch like a lot of the alternate broadcast because of that. Like when the Manning cast is on, I usually watch. I watch it. the Manning cast almost yeah. every Monday. I didn't last night, but uh, the week before I did. And I think it's. I think it's back this week. I mean, we're we're uh, you know, we're obviously probably a little more pro Peyton Manning than a lot of people, right? Playing for uh, Colts and the Broncos. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, hey, we're watching. I'm like 20 games of the same traditional broadcast. I'll. I'll watch a big head animated Andy's room right. broadcast. But uh, for my tight end, I'm going to go matchup base for this one. With 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 no Mike Williams this week, I think I'm going Gerald Everett. You're going Everett? I'm going Everett. You know, Palmer's another sneaky guy right now who is cheap. And if you want a cheap receiver, that's a, that's a sneaky option with the Mike Williams injury. But... Everett as the reliable tight end option. I think he had good production last week as well, too. So mm-hmm. against against the Raiders, especially, I'd be uh, hammering that matchup. So I'm gonna I I'm gonna get the cheapest option. We uh Everett. we have really attacked the Raiders defense in these three weeks of fantasy matchups. Like we took the I I know mm-hmm. I took a couple couple Bills guys against them. Uh let's see that I took George Pickens against them this past week. Yep. I, my biggest my biggest fear is that we're just going to be picking against like the, the Raiders and the Vikings every week. It's just going to be like, these two same it's secondaries. Worth it, though, because but hey, like, that's how you that's how you win. Are terrible. That's how you score the most points. Mm-hmm. So do I have one more pick? Final flex spot. Okay, this is where I go with my stack. I'm going Jacoby Myers. Okay. My Aiden O'Connell Jacoby Myers stack. Let's make it happen. I like that. He's been productive. I mean, uh, the Broncos did almost kill him in week one, but after that, mm-hmm. he's been pretty good. We'll see how it goes. I'm feeling good about it. Uh, So you took a stack for your flex, and it only feels right that one, you didn't take my guy, and two, I, I left him on the board. Stack. So uh, I'm taking Marvin Mims. As oh, that's receiver. not the guy I left on the board. Do you think I was going Sutton? I thought you were going Sutton. No, I'm taking Marvin Mims. This I like dude it though. Has just I like been, it. Like, a key, like deep threat guy. Yep. 
Like uh, he touched the ball, uh, I think only a couple times this game. But he scored week, a but lot. He ended up with, uh, I think he had 150 something total yards. Mm. Or that might be on the year. Let me see what his box score was. How his many touchdowns does he have on the year? Couple. Uh, I think he has two. If I'm right. Yeah. So this last week he was three for 73, no touchdowns this game. Mm. But uh, if you if you want to take a shot, he's got one touchdown on the year. If you want to take a shot, he's the perfect guy. 195 yards in these three games. Uh, only touches the ball three to five times in a game, but it's always on that deep post. I think against the Bears secondary, who their entire defense is weak, there, there's a chance to maybe that could work out. Leading the league right now in yards per reception. I did I did look at him as well, too. So that is uh, that's a good pick. I like it. I like it in your flex. So to uh, what's your team? You want to read your lineup? I have oh, there it is. Uh, QB. I've got Russell Wilson. Running backs, Alvin Kamara, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, wide receivers, I have Jamar Chase and Kendrick Bourne. My tight end is Evan Ingram, and my flex spot is Marvin Mims Jr. Mm, it's a scary team. So for my... Has the my, potential to be good. I, I, do, I do really like it. For my daily fantasy lineup, if you're putting this into FanDuel, if you go Aiden O'Connell, quarterback, Zach Moss, James Conner, running backs, they have three wide receiver and a flex spot. So you can put the wide receivers that we put in. You could go T Higgins, Olave, Jacoby Myers. You could go Gerald Everett at tight end. And then again, we have a lot to spend. So you can throw Keenan Allen in your flex. I like that. And you can have T Higgins, Chris Olave, Jacoby Myers, and Keenan Allen's. If you really want to put your faith in uh, Aiden O'Connell to have a, a slightly decent week as your quarterback. And then the saints defense, like I said earlier, is I think like the sixth or seventh least or most expensive defense, but might be like the best defense in the league. And they're playing Baker Mayfield this week. So uh, I like the if matchup. If you had to do Anthony Richardson, could you still afford Keenan Allen at that flex? No, you would have to go T Higgins. So I, so I, if you can't, if you go, if you don't want to go Aiden O'Connell, I had Russell Wilson as the backup option. So I guess I can just borrow from your team. I had yeah. Russell Wilson as the backup option. And then my receivers would be, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, and Jacoby Myers. But if you go Marvin Mims instead of Cortland Sutton, you oh, maybe kind of change your mind a little bit. Well, Let's I'm saying you Cortland Sutton did hit, he did have a pretty good game this last week, even though we lost by 50. He did. I'm just saying maybe price wise, you might be able to finagle Keenan Allen back into your lineup. Yeah. That way. Otherwise, you go T. Higgins, Sutton, Olave. Yeah. Jacoby Myers, uh, thanks lineup. Or you just uh, do what Dan's team did because that probably would have beat me two weeks in a row if his team was uh, fully healthy, even with the Mostert thing. I mean, I had Tyree Kill in week one and lost, so I, I'll do it again with Mostert yeah. in uh, week three. That's no surprise, but I think we did it. I, I this, is, did this, it. Is, this is about the best. This is about the best with the, with the time limit that I've done, I think, so far. One so. of the shorter, I think the last ones have been all over three hours. Yeah, we I'm have pretty that. sure. But like, that's what happens. Like when you're having fun talking about sports, who freaking cares how long it takes? Like, it's yeah. It's what are you gonna no do? No matter what. We we got Ian Fadiport for one season. I'm not gonna tell him to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell Ian Fadiport to stop. Ian Fadiport on Twitter. On X? Ian Fadiport on the X. Go follow the Mile High Trash Pandas team on there. Uh, I, that's the owner of my team. They are the worst team in the league. But mm. I, I it, it, who cares? Who cares? 
We're rebuilding. It's all it's it's all it's all part of the fandom. He just follows follows the Broncos. Did did Greg Penner buy your team as well? Uh, I think we might have actually been more in the hole if he did. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I didn't let him take ownership in this team. Uh, unfortunately, they got me instead. So. Well, good good uh good luck with your paper. Good luck with the uh, classes. We'll be back next week. I think I already know what we're doing for the quarter mark. I might already have an idea, so Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh we'll have to we'll have to wait and see, but we've got the Friday show as well. I guess I I guess the Saturday show comes out on Saturday with Sam Rem and Sam on uh, YouTube, Rem and Tam- Sam on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, TikTok. It's all out there. Ian Fatimport on X. Be back next week, week four. We'll see you.